This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. I want you to think about that principle in every area of your life. The first impression, the first interaction, the start of the day. So many of our first will set the tone. If you make a first impression with someone, uh, that, that you're very likely to have that carry throughout your relationship unless you get beyond the surface. When businesses have their first opening, they call it a grand opening, it better be good. So now businesses have gotten smarter and they, uh, they have a pre-launch and a core launch because they know that the grand opening better be good because whatever happens first sets the tone. Even here at our services, we, we talk about how we open service. And we open service usually with a high-energy song that sends this message, hey, get your tail out of the lobby and get into church. Um, and also uh, brings energy and life and excitement. So we analyze those things because how you start makes a huge difference. And something that me and Beth are working on in our home is how our children start the day because their attitude really sets the tone for all of us. So with that in mind, the title of today's message is God Must Be First, and we're really starting a whole new series. Uh, it's not going to be a long series called The Blessed Life. A lot of the thoughts and scriptures came from Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life. And we want to talk about a, a principle that's true, that if you want your life to be blessed, you have to obey God. That simple. From the beginning, he said to his people, his covenant people, the Jews, he said, I've set before you life and blessing are set before you a curse, and you get to choose which way you want to live. So obedience, obedience covers every area of our life. But we're going to talk specifically about the financial realm and the area of giving. Because if we get our finances right, we get so much of our life correct. And the Bible talks about giving quite a bit. In fact, it talks about, the Bible discusses faith in about 500 verses and it discusses other issues in, in the hundreds of verses, but when it comes to giving, there are over 2,000 verses that Jesus, that, excuse me, that all of Scripture talks about giving. Out of the 38 parables Jesus gave, 16 of them had to do with money. So we live in a very suspicious time. The government's trying to take our money. There's multi-level marketing that's trying to take our money. I discovered that Redbox is trying to take our money because it's usually 99 cents a day, but our family forgot we'd rented a movie a couple of weeks ago, uh, so it's going to be a costly rental. There's always a catch, isn't there? In everything, there's like this catch. We have public education, but come August or September, we get requests for all types of fees, and there, there's always something. Yesterday, I went and saw... Uh, one of the children in our church play hockey, and it was awesome to see. But as I heard how they funded it, they, they, have, they, they have a system because it costs money. I, I want you to know that what I'm talking to you about today is not because I'm trying to raise funds for the church. Okay, this doesn't have, this, this is not a, coming from a fundraising standpoint. This is coming from what God has said. And because I love you, I want your life to be blessed, and I, I think some of the principles we're going to learn is really going to help help us walk in the obedience that God wants to have. So how we start being first 
makes a big difference. So we're going to talk about being first. And here's the first thing I want you to write down. There's a place to take notes on the back of your bulletin, just a big blank area. And the first thing I want you to realize is first creates. The first creates. We are always creating things as a first. I used to be a, a very moody person. And, and I, I know we all have mood swings because our emotions, we go up and down, up and down. But mine were like, up, like, woo, I love life. Then like, down, like really grumpy. And, and I, I've kind of learned to be more even kill. And, and really, I, I kind of am. I'm kind of a chilled person now, believe it or not. Uh, I, I, I chill out a little bit. I've, I've taught myself that. Well, one of the defining moments was many years ago, uh, one of my coworkers, one of my best friends, he came to work one morning and he said, hey, Aaron. And I don't really know how I responded. All he said, he laughed and he said, I know immediately the first time that I say good morning to you, what kind of mood you're going to be in the rest of the day. And I didn't really like hearing that because I knew it was true. Um, that that I, I was a pretty moody person. And I started realizing that the attitudes and the choices that I made to begin the day set the tone for not only me, but for the people around me. And we, we call that, in common language, waking up on the wrong side of the bed. And it's so true that our, our perspective, our first, creates the tone for the rest of the day. Now, in Romans chapter 11, it's a powerful passage. In, in this part of Romans, they're talking about the relationship between the Jews and Gentiles. But there's a scripture in verse 16 that I want us to read together because it's just a nugget of wisdom that's going to help us understand the power of the first to create. It says, if part of the dough offered as a first fruit is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So if you take a, a small piece of dough and as you cook it and it expands, if the small piece of dough is holy and right, the whole piece of bread is going to be right. As yeast spreads and it spreads all through the dough, the scripture says that, and, and that can be good yeast or bad yeast. And so it is that if you start out right, as it expands, good things happen. So it is with a tree. It doesn't matter how big a tree is if the root is correct. If it starts out right, if it starts out correct, then as it expands, everything is right. Well, this applies to many areas of our life. But I want to talk specifically in the area of giving. And we believe, and we know that the scripture teaches us that we're to give 10%. Because 10% of our income belongs to God. Really, all of our income belongs to God. But God has asked for 10% as a way to keep our hearts connected with Him. Now, God is all-sufficient. He doesn't need our money. He has plenty of money. He's self-sufficient. But He asks us to give as a test of our obedience. And He wants us to give. And I've been giving, and I've been tithing literally my whole life. Uh, from some of my earliest memories, I, I've given 10%. And, and I can't think of many times that I've varied from that. And, and that has been a great, great blessing to my life. But in recent months, you know, values drift. And, and I've realized that it's not just how much we give, which is important, but it's when we give. Because when we give and how we give all point to our hearts. And that's what the tithe is about. The tithe is not a fundraising technique. 
like, uh, like it would be for uh, a rotary club or like it would be for uh, a sports program or for a school system. This is not a technique that men have come up with and preachers have come up with to uh, try to raise money. No, it's something that has been in God's nature and character. And it's something that he started with his covenant people. And now it's been passed on to us through the law of freedom to not only tithe, but to give beyond that. And so uh, what I've started to do, uh, because I go to church a lot, uh, I'm here two services and three services and uh, service on Wednesday. And so I would take my tithe and I would divide it up and give it at different times, which I think that's okay and that's acceptable. And that's fine. I I mean, God's not legalistic like we are. But when I started realizing the power of first fruits offering, of giving all of my tithe as the very first check or the very first debit of my checking account, it's not just how much we give, but it's when we give. That has added a, a whole new dimension to our spirit, my spiritual life. Here's the second thing I want you to write down is, and this is the issue here, the first not only creates, the first belongs And the first belongs to God. God wants our first. He wants our best. He wants the first of everything that we have. There's three specific things in the Bible God wants. First, he wants the firstborn. The firstborn belong to him. The first fruits belong to him. And the tithe belongs to him. Let's look at a couple scriptures on that. Exodus 13, 2. It says, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belong to me. I want you to see that word belong, that phrase. God says, it is mine, it belongs to me. That's one of the reasons, if you remember the story of, of Moses delivering the, the children of Israel from the Egyptians, God took the Egyptian firstborn because the firstborn belonged to him. And that's just always been a principle. I want you to see this because this is the character of God. This is what God established with his covenant people. It's not a 21st century phenomena. Okay, it is who God is. It's his covenant. Leviticus 27, verse 30 says this, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, and now look at that phrase, belongs to the Lord. Now, I'm the one that put the, the uh, underlining there, just to let you know, uh, because I wanted those words to jump out to you. But it belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord's. And I think God wants to remind you this morning that... When we give to the Lord, we give our tithe and we give our offering, that we're returning what belongs to Him. It belongs to Him. I think sometimes we, we, we begin to think that we have self-determination over the tithe, but it's really not ours, it's His anyways. And so when we give it to Him, there's something that, that's powerful in our life. And when we, when we give it to Him, not just how we, when we give it, excuse me, how, how much we give to Him, but it's when we give to Him. Now... If I did this today, and I almost did it, but, but I'm going to believe you can use your imagination, all right? If I took 10 $1 bills and put them on this table right here and asked you, how much is a tithe? Most everyone here could conclude it's $1. I mean, everyone can. One of the 10 belongs to the Lord. So now the question is, so what is the first fruit? Well, what's the first fruit of that? Is it the left or is it the right? Do we start here or we start there? What's the first part that you give to the Lord? Well, it's neither. It's neither the left nor the right. It's the first dollar you spend. 
That's what belongs to the Lord. The first fruit. When you give God what's His first. When you give God what's His first, you're saying to God, God, you have given me this paycheck. And you have given me this commission. And you have given me this sale. And every dollar I spend is yours. And it's for your glory. But I'm going to, by faith, give my tithe or the first fruits of my increase. I'm going to give my first check, my first debit to you because I want the rest to be holy. I want the rest to be right. The tithe, the first, the first fruits create. It creates, it creates a spiritual uh, priority that I'm giving what belongs to God. It belongs to his. I'm giving to him first in anticipation of everything else I'm going to spend. It's his first. He gets it first because I want his blessing on everything else that I have. And, and when you begin to do that, and when you begin to see that, it begins to, to open your heart. It begins to attach your heart to God. Because, again, that's the issue. That's the issue here is that our hearts belong to the, to the Lord. And when we begin to let the Lord begin to move in our financial realm and begin to put him first in the financial realm, and begin to use our first fruits offering to say, God, this is your, yours first. Everything else belongs to you. It begins to do something powerful in our life. So the first, the first check, the first debit should be the Lord's. Now, what are the mechanics of this? Okay, let's not be legalistic about it. It's about where your heart is. I suppose if you get paid on a Monday and church doesn't come around until Sunday, uh, that, you know, God understands this. We don't need to... Uh, be under the legalism of, of trying to mechanically get it there. We need to just be anxious in our heart and say, yes, God, I want to give to you what belongs to you. Uh, last year, our bookkeeper uh, brought, told me a story. I don't know who this person is or who these people are, but there's someone or some people that had been in our church, had been gone for a couple of months, uh, and towards the end of the summer, they had submitted several checks with dates that were spread across a two-month period with the same amount of money. And even though all those checks came at the same time, it had appeared that as God had given them the increase, they had paid their tithe. So even though mechanically it didn't get into a certain time, in their hearts they had set God aside and put him first. And that's the way God has been since the beginning. You know, even when God uh, had the children of Israel... Uh, enter the promised land, he gave them the first city, which was Jericho, one of the most difficult cities. If you remember, he gave them Jericho. He said, march around seven times. On the seventh day, march seven more times. Shout, and I'm going to give you the city. But I want us to look at that story again. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6, I believe is what we have there. And in verse, starting with verse 16, it says, The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Everything is devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house will be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things. Now I want you to think about this. Keep away from the devoted things. And there is part of your income and part of your increase and part of what God has given you that is devoted to God and to the work of the Lord. And... and we're to keep away from that. And let's go on. It says, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you, may, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. 
All the silver and gold and the articles and bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. And when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted the sound of the trumpet. And when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. Even before the miracle happened, God had laid down the principle. You're in the new land. This is the first city. You go in there. Every bit of the loot from the first city goes to the house of the Lord. Why? Because it's the first. The first thing goes to God. Now, we, we don't have time to look at the fact that Achan hoarded some of that and messed things up for everybody. But I want you to see the principle of that is that first city, first place, don't touch what belongs to God. What belongs to God, you want to get that out of your house into the house of the Lord. Now, I just want to be really frank with you about this, because here's the good news. I'm not taking up an offering this morning. We've already done that. We're not going to pass cards around. I am telling you this for your benefit, not thine benefit. You want to get the tithe out of your house into the house of the Lord. When you get what belongs to God to the place where it belongs, then you begin to line up in your life. Things begin to line up. Things begin to prioritize. And it's a doorway to the blessings of the Lord in your life. It's a sign of where your heart is. And so the tithe belongs to him and it is the Lord's. Now, let's talk a little more about the first fruits. And, and, and we'll, we'll get away from the giving part for a second so we won't be so one-dimensional. Let's talk about Sunday. Most of us see, and I do this a lot with my language also, most of us see Sunday as the end of the week. They say, man, if I could just get to the weekend, I'm going to work so hard, and then the weekend is mine. And so, you know, I wouldn't say there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but I want to caution us that we forget that Sunday is the beginning of the week. Your week has just begun, according to the worldly calendar even. Your week began this morning when you woke up. And you're here today. You're here today. You're telling God, God, you've got the first fruits of my week. This is the first fruits. Now, the, the believers met every day. They met every day, but Sunday was a special day. I thank God for churches that meet on Saturday. Maybe that is the Sabbath. Maybe they're more biblical uh, when the sun goes down on Saturday. It's Sunday anyway in the Jewish calendar. So none of this is legalistic. But I want us to look at some scriptures here. And we look now in Acts chapter 8. Excuse me, Acts chapter 20. It says, on the first day of the week, the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and, because he intended to leave them the next day. So here it is. The first day of the week, we broke bread. I want you to think that when you come to church, whether, whether we don't have a Saturday night service, but suppose if you were at another church and you did that, or you come here on a Sunday morning, that if you have the ability to do that and you're not working, you're starting your week. This is the first fruits of your week. Say, God, I want you to start my week right. I want to start my week in worship. I want to start my week in community. I want to start my week because this is the first fruits. And as we saw in Romans 11, if the root is right... And if the first part of the dough is right, then the rest of it's holy. If you get the first things right, everything else is going to be good. Here's the last thing I want you to write down. Is the first takes faith. The first takes faith. If you wait till all your bills are paid and then say, God, if you bless me, God, if you take care of me this month and we don't have a flat tire and we don't have an extra copay, and if everything works out, God then I'll give you what belongs to you. That's the attitude some of us maybe even unknowingly do. 
God, you bless me, then I'll give to you. Well, it works the other way around. You obey God, you say, God, I'm going to give to you, and then I'm going to watch you bless me. I'm going to give to you my first fruits. I'm going to give what you said to give. I'm going to give it when you told me to give. Because what it's about, it's about having a yes in your heart. Saying, yes, God. Yes to your ways. Yes to your pathway. Yes to your plan. Yes to what you want. Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So it's the first of the first fruits. Meaning the first check, the first debit, the first payment, because God's first place in your heart. And there it says there, it says, and where should he give it? Bring it into the house of the Lord. And God's people, have, it was his law, and now, now it's been passed down to us in the New Testament that, you know, we bring what belongs to God to the house of God. We bring it here. You know, when we have self-determination over our tithe, we're like, I'm going to give 2% to this ministry, 3% to my aunt who's sick, 2% to the church. When we do that, we're taking power over the tithe, and it's really not God's, it's ours. It's ours to be benevolent however we want to. I personally believe that we should bring it to the house of God, to the place that God's assigned us, to the place that God's called us, to the place we're called to worship. I'm going to bring what belongs to God to God's house. I'm going to lay it without strings, without attachments. I'm going to give it to you, God, because I love you, because that's what your word's commanded, because I have a willingness to be obedient, because everything you give me, the first fruits belong to you. Everything you give me, God, belongs to you. Every increase, every bonus, everything you add to my life, God, comes from you, it's for you, and the first fruits of that, the tithe of that, I'm giving it back to you, God, because I love you. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says it this way. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. Last passage I'm going to look at today is Genesis chapter 4. And we looked at the, we're going to look at a very curious story of Cain and Abel. These were twin brothers born to Adam and Eve. And they both brought a sacrifice to the Lord. One was pleasing to the Lord and one wasn't. And so now we go to Genesis chapter 4, starting with verse 3. It says, in the course of time, I want you to notice that phrase there. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So the Lord looked with favor on Abel in his offering. But on Cain in his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. I want you to, uh, that, that phrase, in the course of time. Another version says, in the process of time. So evidently, Cain brought a sacrifice to the Lord, but he just brought it on his own terms. He brought gifts to the Lord when he got around to it. He brought gifts to the Lord when it was maybe, perhaps, beneficial to him. He brought gifts to the Lord uh, not as a priority, but as something, maybe as a religious tradition. But Abel, in verse 4, brought fat portions from the firstborn of his flock. Now, we don't know this for sure because we can't, we can't have an infallible argument from silence. But it didn't say, in the process of time, Abel brought his firstborn. There's a sense of immediacy. There's a sense of an urgency to say yes to God, a willingness to say yes to God. So I think, my theory is, one of the reasons that God 
looked at Abel's offering as a willing offering is because he did so. He did so quickly with a yes in his heart. Not begrudgingly. Not unwillingly. Where Cain, over the course of time, or the process of time, just kind of brought it when he felt like doing it. Well, I want to pray for you today. Because I believe that if you can get this right in your life, if you can get the first fruits right, the tithe of the Lord, you have no idea how it's going to change many things in your life, from the financial realm to other areas. Because the first time, you're, if you're obedient to the Lord, it's like water baptism. One of the reasons we're encouraging you to be baptized in water because that's the first thing you're supposed to do when you follow Jesus. You're supposed to be like Pastor David said uh, when he read that passage in Acts 8 about the eunuch. He said, hey, here's water. What's keeping me from being baptized? Come on, let's do it. And then when it comes to our finances, God, you've given me another paycheck. You've given me a commission. You've given me a raise. God, instead of me saying, oh, how can I spend this on myself? And maybe I'll have some left over to give to God. Instead, say, that, God, I want to give to you. God, I want to give to you. I want to get what belongs to you out of my house into your house. Because your blessing is there and your obedience. And it, it's going to give you a new confidence in your life. Because the enemy wants to use fear to attack you, especially in the area financially. He wants to come to you and say, are you going to have enough money for retirement? How are you going to send your kids to college? How are you going to make it? And you know what? If you're a person who knows the principle of first fruits, giving of your tithe, then you can quote the scripture back to the enemy and just like Jesus did. And and you can quote the scripture that says that God is going to cause the windows of heaven to open up and you're going to have blessing on your life that you can't even contain. You can say, I'm a tither. I'm a first fruits tither. I'm a person who gives to God what belongs to God. Satan has no authority over my finances. Satan has no rule over that. My finances belong to God. How do I know that? Because every time God gives me increase, I give what belongs to God. I get it out of my house and I get it to God's house. I know that that Satan has no authority over that because he has no foothold in the area of finances. I'm giving to God what belongs to God and I'm giving with joy. I'm giving with willingness. I'm giving with without any reluctance because of what God has done for me. I guess I said I had one more scripture to share, but I have to share some more. I have to share some more because when John the Baptist was getting ready to baptize Jesus himself, in John chapter 1, he said this. He said the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came and he came to take away the sin of all of us. Not just his sin because he was sinless. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And now we go to Romans 8, 29. It says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In essence, Jesus Christ was a first fruits offering from the Lord. The Lord said, Here is my son, the perfect one, the anointed one, Here's a manifestation of my spirit. The Lamb of God has come to take away the sins of the world. And he did that as a firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Jesus went into the baptismal waters out of obedience. And he went to the cross and he took your shame and he took your pain and he took your sin before you even committed it. And he, and he was a sacrifice. He was God's first fruit sacrifice so that 
Jesus, who is holy, is the root. And He is the beginning. And because He was holy and sinless and perfect, now we can become holy, sinless, and perfect. That's what God does. God always gives His best. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a plan B. He sent the Holy One, the Righteous One, the Sinless One. He sent Himself in the form of His Son as a first fruit offering to us. So every time, every time I write a tithe check and every time I give, I think about who I could have been if it wasn't for Jesus. And if I was spending all my money on myself, if I was spending all my money on just what I wanted to do, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? You can put no price on what Jesus did for me. There is no amount of money that could that could ever pay the price that Jesus paid. And so when we tithe and we give and we give of our first fruits, it's another way to say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You see, because we move, we realize that first fruits giving is not hocus pocus. It's not obligation. It's not guilt. It's not fear of being cursed. All those things might motivate us for a small period of time. First fruit tithe giving is a heart of love that says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you you've done. I want to spend a couple of minutes in meditation on this. Would you just close your eyes in prayer? The Lord loves you so much. And because the Lord loves you, He teaches you. Like any good father, He, he wants to teach you this morning. And His love is upon you right now. His condemnation is not upon you. A loving Father will show you His ways and the Lord has shown you His ways today because by obeying His Word and by realizing what Jesus said and what God has said, God has not changed. He's a covenant God. He's been, he's been having this relationship with His people from the beginning. By doing this, it's going to go well for you. It's going to be good for you. And I hope that you receive this message from me today with the gentleness and the humility that I believe God wanted me to share it with you. The Lord wants your heart because He wants your heart among many things. He's asked for your tithe and He's asked for it to be first. And it's a good thing to obey Him. And God wants to get bigger in your life. I know some of you might be upside down financially. I don't understand the stress that you're in. But I believe that some of you don't know the first step to take. And God says the first step to take is obedience to me. Maybe if you make one, the first decision to put God first, it's going to be the first of many good decisions. We know statistically that finances are the number one stress between marriages in, in, in marriages between uh, spouses. Some of you cannot see eye to eye on anything financially. God's saying today, can you agree upon this? Start with me. The first agreement will lead to many agreements. The first obedience will lead to many obedience. God said the root, the first root, this is going to be the doorway for many things. I'm going to put you on the same page on this, so you're going to be on the same page on many things. Let it be, Lord, in Jesus' name. I want us to meditate on this just for a moment or two. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian Lake.